This episode is all about why managing your mind and doing what we call thought work is one of the greatest skills that you can learn in order to evolve your leadership. And it's one of the most overlooked aspects of leadership development, yet one of the most powerful, in my opinion. I'm going to tell you why that is and how it impacts your self-leadership, your emotional intelligence, and your people skill all the way through. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to the Manage to Track podcast. I'm excited that you're listening in. This episode is about how to manage your mind and why to manage your mind before you manage people. And I'm really excited to share this with you because I think especially for new managers or mid-level managers, it's so much about the skills and the competencies and the actual behaviors of leading. And I feel that very little attention is given to one, self-awareness and developing that. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. And two, managing your mind. This is mind management, also known as thought work, that is a critical factor to evolve your leadership. Marianne Williamson says, you must learn a new way to think before you can master a new way to be. And I couldn't agree more. So much of what we do when it comes to leadership development has to not just be what you do, but it starts with what you think. Because what we know today is that our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings fuel our actions. And of course, we know that our actions create our results, right? So let me give you a specific example. Yesterday, I received an email from a vendor. The email in itself was pretty straightforward, but then it had an attachment to it. And in the attachment, it was a review of something that I created. And the words chosen by this vendor were pretty, in my opinion, my thoughts were, wow, ouch, this hurts, this is blunt, and this is offensive. And as I was reading it, and as I was thinking this, I paused and recognized my thoughts. I perceive it to be blunt and offensive. So my immediate gut reaction was to write back saying, ouch, I don't think any client should be reading something like this. It was somewhat offensive and judgmental. Now, here is what actually happened. I received a letter. I read the words. I determined that they were offensive. I felt offended. And then 
if I didn't supervise myself and would react out of this emotion and just let this all run on its own, I would then write back this somewhat snappy email, right? And we've all been there where we react to some emotion. That's because our emotions fuel our actions. So instead of trying to not feel the emotions, which is really hard, if not impossible to do, we have to go back and look at what we're thinking. So look at examples in your life right now where you're getting annoyed, maybe with a boss, maybe with a direct report, maybe with an email, maybe with some circumstance, some situation that has triggered you or it keeps frustrating you. Typical examples. I have a boss who's micromanaging. I have a coworker or a peer who doesn't do the work and my team always has to overcompensate to make up for it. Or I have a diet report who is not performing and I don't know what they're doing. They're working from home and they're lazy. They're not showing up. I think they're completely disengaged and it's frustrating. Or I have a team member who makes too many mistakes. They'd have no attention details. They're constantly making typos. They're constantly having errors in their work and it's driving me crazy. So now, as you can see, you have emotional reactions to things around you. We all do. Certain things just are annoying or frustrating to us. Now, we also see and know about all the leaders who yell or who snap at people, who are moody, who are angry, who react to everyone around them, who quickly respond to emails with sort of a one-liner and it's a snappy comment. Even in the public eye, and this is something I could easily rant on, but in the public eye, we sometimes even put people on a pedestal, those leaders who react emotionally and we think that is strong leadership because clearly they're passionate and and they're telling people what to do and what is wrong and, and they take a stance and they're rough around the edges and then we think that's what successful leaders need to do in, in order to be influential and to have an impact. I couldn't disagree more because in the wake of these reactions and the snappiness and the eye rolling and the emotional outlashes is a huge amount of burden on their own well-being and their mental health and stress level. And as a leader, and here is the critical point why this is so important for leaders, is the ripple effect on all those that they influence not just the peers and any other people that look up to them in the organization, but also specifically their direct reports who are looking for leadership and will feel the outlash of an emotional reaction by their stress level increasing. Just think about this for a second. If you do something in an emotional reaction, and I'm specifically talking about negative emotions, that then instills fear in another person. Fear triggers about 1,400 physical and chemical responses in our bodies and activating more than 30 hormones. Think about this. So if you're someone who just by your name popping into your direct report's inbox, your direct report seeing your name increases their level of stress because they're fearful of what might be coming their way and why you're emailing them, that is the physical an emotional impact you're having on them. We also know that an increased level of chronic stress is counterproductive and diminishes innovation and creativity and 
People just don't like being in a job where this chronic lingering stress and fear is being part of it. We're not showing up as our best selves. We're certainly not thriving in an environment where fear is constantly lingering. And when we lash out emotionally, we trigger fear and stress in other people. So that is the responsibility that you have as a leader, not just for your own well-being, but because your effect on other people is now so much greater. And this is also why I'm saying you got to manage your mind before you manage people. It's your responsibility because with that position of leadership comes your responsibility. So the core of self-leadership and emotional intelligence and people leadership is your ability to manage your mind and to supervise your brain and not let it run the show for you. So let me clarify what I mean by that. First, our brain has three main functions. It wants to avoid pain to secure survival. It seeks pleasure and it wants to run efficiently. And when I talk about running efficiently, I don't mean actually the mechanism in your brain. I'm talking about that it's looking for patterns and pattern recognition. So when you're predicting something, this is really fascinating when we look at the brain and how the brain works. So if you're seeing something and your brain gets an initial stimuli, your brain will do all it can to look for patterns in order to predict next steps and ultimate outcomes. So for example, something that hit home at me a lot is in a book I recently read by Lisa Feltman Barrett. It's called Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain. It's a great short read. She talks about this example. When you're thirsty and you grab a bottle of water and you drink it, it actually takes 20 minutes for that water to reach your blood flow and to actually physically, on a physical level, eliminate your thirst. But when you drink water, your brain already predicts the elimination of the thirst. So although the water has not reached its final destination yet, the moment you put down the water bottle, you already feel less thirsty. That's because your brain is predicting the outcome and is already responding as such. Isn't that fascinating? And so to understand that your brain is looking for those patterns It is trying to avoid pain, which includes any fear, any worry, any stress, any change. Your brain will want to avoid that. It will give you all the reasons why you shouldn't do the scary thing, the uncomfortable thing. And the key then is, of course, that you understand that that's what your brain has to do, that your brain is just doing its job, that you are not your thoughts. You're simply the observer of your thoughts. You are also not your emotions. You're not fearful. You're not angry. You're simply the processor of emotions. So let me repeat. You are not your thoughts. You're simply the observer of your thoughts. You are also not the emotions. You're simply the processor of emotions. Emotions are literally just vibrations in your body triggered by your thoughts. So when we talk about supervising your brain, in a nutshell, there's three steps you want to keep in mind. Number one is to actually pause, listen, and acknowledge your thoughts. So let me go back to this example with my vendor yesterday. When I read the document and I started thinking, whoa, this hurts, this is too blunt and too harsh and it's triggering me. 
I realized, oh, these are just thoughts and I don't need to react to them right away, right? I'm observing my thoughts. I realize like, okay, I think this is blunt. My brain tells me this hurts and then I have an emotional reaction to it because of what I'm thinking. That's all okay. So I'm just listening to it. I'm not doing anything. I'm acknowledging it. I'm not trying to not think that because we can't control all the thoughts. We can only introduce new thoughts and we can choose which thoughts to pay attention to. So supervising your brain doesn't mean that you can completely take control of your thoughts. That's impossible. So I have these thoughts, these initial reactions. And now after I'm listening and acknowledging my thoughts, and then step number two is to pause. And I love Viktor Frankl's quote here. He said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. So first step, listen and acknowledge your thoughts. Second step, Use that pause to then choose your next actions. And then third step is obviously to act based on your choice, your supervised choice, not the initial gut feeling of me wanting to just email back and saying like, whoa, that hurt. That was kind of too harsh. That would have been my, I would have felt really righteous and I would have felt like, whoa, I'm going to tell you how to communicate with clients so righteous, would have been so ineffective. I would likely have created frustration on their ends. They were trying to be helpful and I'm backlashing, right? I would have a road to trust and goodwill in the relationship. And who knows, it could have spiraled downward from there. Instead, I am choosing based on my values. I am choosing based on the outcome, the results I want to create. Taking a step back, I love the fact that they didn't filter it out and actually gave it to me straight. I love the fact that because of that, I'm now feeling a little shaken. And because I feel shaken, I'm more likely to take this really serious and to take action on it. So I'm grateful for that. And because one of my key values is growth and one of my key principles is to practice emotional maturity, which means to take complete emotional responsibility. So I'm responsible for my own feelings because I realize they come from my thinking. Other people might not have looked at this document and said it's harsh. They might have said, whoa, this is so powerful. Thank you so much. I can learn so much from this. And that is the path that I chose. So my reaction was to email back and to say, Thank you for the document and here's the actions that I'm going to take as a result of this. Way more constructive and way more aligned with who I really want to be. And this goes back to Marianne Williamson's quote, you must learn a new way to think before you can master a new way to be. So mind management is all about taking your responsibility to be the best leader you can be to other people really seriously and that doesn't just include in what you do and the behaviors and the rules and procedures you put in place it also includes how you think 
and what thoughts you listen to. So it's okay to be triggered by stuff around you and to have those negative thoughts occur. But then you got to take charge. You got to become the CEO of your mind. You got to step in and say like, hold on a second. Don't run wild and unsupervised because your brain is going to just want to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and it's running based on patterns. So step in, look at the thoughts, take responsibility for the thoughts, then pause, don't react, and then choose or introduce new thoughts that are more aligned with who you want to be. And then let those thoughts trigger better feelings that will fuel more effective actions that they will then create the results that you're actually after. So if you notice yourself sometimes losing your cool, if you notice that you're snappy or that you get triggered and that you're spiraling in your mind because of something that happened, if you are in a relationship with your boss or a peer or a diet report where you notice you constantly feel triggered and it's this emotional load that's lingering over you and you don't quite know what to do about it, then this will be the answer. It's the curriculum that's in front of you in order to evolve into the next version of yourself as a leader. If you want to chat and to see how I can help you do exactly this, then head on over to RamonaShaw.com forward slash apply so we can jump on a call, look at your specific situation and map out the path to get you to a better place where you're creating the results that you actually want and showing up as the leader who you actually want to be. Likely the leader who stays cool and calm and collected even in stressful situations even when emotionally triggered. You don't let your emotions run the show. You're supervising your brain instead, taking deliberate actions because you take your responsibility as a leader series. So this was a deep topic and it's something I'm really, really passionate about. So thank you for tuning in and listening all the way to the end. The fact that you stuck around until the very end already tells me that you're in this and that you're taking your responsibility serious. It also means that you cannot unhear what you just heard. You cannot drop and undo this awareness. You're aware now that mind management is a critical component of leadership. How you think is how you lead. And this is so important. With that said, thanks so much for tuning in. And again, head on over to RamonaShaw.com forward slash apply to schedule a call and to take the first step in the right direction to become a leader who manages their mind before managing their people. You yourself and all your current and future employees will be so thankful that you did this work. I hope to chat soon. If not, I'll see you next week. Another episode of the Manage to Track podcast. Bye for now. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.